Hi friends, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about business, creativity, entrepreneurship, balance, and all sorts of wonderful things. Um, and it's June already, which I'm like, hey, like, I'm, I'm ready for summer. I, I'm ready. It's He's hot, ready. so I'm okay. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, up here, it's been, like, I don't know, is it, like, 70 today, if I had to guess? Um, sometimes in the mornings, it's still, like, 40, 50 degrees, which is wild to us, obviously. Um, so, yeah, the weather's been, like, beautiful. Um, and I'm just, I'm mostly, like, I mean, the weather I don't think is going to change that much. People keep warning us, like, it's going to be very hot, but I, I kind of think they're wrong. Um, <laughs> coming from a Floridian, I'm like, I think we'll be fine. But I'm just excited for John to be done with school so we can go to museums during the week, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think going out in the week is the highlight of the summer. It's just being able to have more options and being stuck to doing things on the weekend yes. when everyone drives, at least yeah. down here <laughs> for the weekend. Like this past weekend, it was a long weekend. And so it was gross. And I was like, I don't know how anyone who lives here ever has enjoyed Memorial Day weekend because you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything. Even prior to a pandemic, everything was packed and overpriced and hot and it rained. So I don't make it make sense. Yeah, it rained in the DMV for Memorial Day weekend as well. It's like good times. Yeah. It didn't rain on Monday. No, it didn't it rain here, but it was hot and I wished it would have rained. I, I wished the whole time <laughs> yeah. that it rained so people can go back to where they came from, like their hotel, so I can go back outside, but it did not. <laughs> And uh, they were here and they were, you know, just thriving, making the roads impossible to drive through. So I just stayed home. So, you know, that's how it is. There's no way you could pay me to go to a beach on Memorial Day. Like you just couldn't do it. Like I just I don't understand. But good for you people who who did. And I hope you're back at home safely and being smart with your decisions if you did come down here for the long weekend. And I hope you're vaccinated. They're not. And if you're not vaccinated, <laughs> I hope that you have a appointment to get vaccinated. I, or get tested, please, before and after you travel. Even if you are vaccinated, it's very important that we stop pretending like testing isn't free and still a thing. Because I think that's what's happening a lot is that a lot of travel has increased. But no one is testing before or after because they don't care. And I'm like, you could just get tested so you can know that you're not spreading germs. Yeah. It's real easy. Do you know if the big testing center that was like right by um, Walter Cleo's that's still there? I think. Yeah, I think all oh, of the yeah. big ones are closed. But like our Walgreens does drive through testing. So okay, great. it's yeah. very easy to get tested. But I definitely have heard a lot of people being like, it's so hard. And like, you didn't have to make an appointment to your urgent care center. You can go to the, the, the prescription, no, prescription store, the drug store and probably yeah. pick up, or they, now they have at home tests that has become an oh. option for everywhere. And so CVS sells them. If you have a CVS near you, if you're in the Southeast, you probably do Northeast you probably do. Uh, you can pick up that home test. It's like $30. And it tells okay. you your results instantly. I don't. Oh, that's fantastic. Just you guys, I need you to, to pre- stop and that's pretending like you can. Like, I think that's, especially for longer trips, yeah. that would be a good If you're leaving your state, you need to swab your nose or spit in the tube or whatever you have to do. Lick your armpits, whatever it asks you to do. Just do that thing so you can know that you're not 
spreading germ because there are people who can't get vaccinated because they can't it's not because they don't want to it's just because they cannot they physically cannot Um, and we're not gonna just yell at people to say go inside and live inside so i can breathe my hot corona air all over you it just means to be more respectful and and there's literally still some places where i mean i know it's hard to believe if you're in a state that is everyone's been able to get vaccinated but there's a lot of people that haven't been able to get vaccinated yet because it's they just haven't been able to get an appointment yet. So we still need to give those people time as well to be able to get vaccinated. But yeah, there are some people that just won't be able to um, because of uh, different things going on in their bodies. And so, you know, it's... And guess what? Sure it's none of your business. People. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. This has been your how to be a better person dealing with navigating the pandemic because it's still happening while vaccinations are happening. It's none of your business. Get tested before you travel. You're welcome. The bar is in the ground. That's all you have to do. It is. I was just thinking about how the bar is in the ground for so many things today. Uh, Yeah. So we wanted to talk about, I guess Christmas will explain. We'll talk about two things. I'll briefly talk about the other thing, but I think because there's other drama, so to speak, as two people who own shops and we're black owned. And so it kind of talks to talk about the, uh, I guess the visibility of black owned shops amongst other, like all marginalized people are in the expectations that we're supposed to deliver a product at a better yeah. result than larger scale retailers, which is an issue and has been an yeah. issue, especially last year with delivery that became more of a conversation, but I guess there's some specific situation that we are going to talk about. So. Yeah. So basically, you know, I've been trying to replace or add, I should say, um, black owned businesses, um, wherever I can, I obviously already frequent a lot of them. Um, but like one of the areas that I was having trouble finding more, um, black owned businesses was like high, high end fashion, like that sort of thing. So I am a bag girl. Like I do love a good bag. I'm known to like splurge on a Kate Spade, you know, and, and I, I just, you know, I don't mind investing in, in a bag because that's something that you can have for a long time. It's always going to fit you, that sort of thing. So when I came across um, Brandon Blackwood, New York, I came across that brand and Brandon himself was just fantastic. And I was just like, oh, love his personality, love the bags. And he did this like little tote. It's like it says end systemic racism. And that kind of went like very viral. And so everybody was like loving this tote. It was, you know, all the girls were wearing it and it's just cute and I love it. Um, and so he has done like several releases of it. He just recently did like, he was like, this is the last release for this particular bag. And he has a ton of other different types of bags as well. Um, so he did that last release and it came in like at least like 28 different colors, probably more. Um, and so people went and scooped theirs up. Um, I did not get that particular bag because two reasons. Number one, um, because it's really small and your girl loves to have like a whole bunch of nonsense in her bag. So I was like, it's going to be too small for me. Um, and then the other reason is because I'm saving to buy a house. So I was like, you're not getting any bag right now. Um, but I was like, I'm, you know, I'm still following and supporting. And when that particular bag that he puts out comes along, that is right for me, I'm going to scoop it up. Well, basically over the weekend, some people started to get <clears throat> their bags in or whatever. Um, and like, basically there's one design that he did that is like snakeskin. I don't know much about snakeskin because I don't wear it personally, but I guess that there's issues with snakeskin and like painting on it and and that sort of thing. Um, So I guess it looked as if it was going to be more of like an ombre like look to the print. 
for that particular bag. And it actually came out as more of like a, like just a like solid stripe. Um, <clears throat> so basically he ended up just starting getting kind of dragged across the internet, especially like on Twitter. And he came out and put out a video that said like, you know, he completely understands like why, like, you know, it was basically like an issue at like, you know, the place where they make the bags or whatever. That wasn't how he designed it, but that's how it ended up coming out. That he's happy to issue refunds for anybody that, you know, got that particular print and did not like it. Happy to do a refund. And he's just like, sorry, it happened and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, it's it just really was interesting to me because I feel like so many people have had an experience with a larger brand. Like if you ordered, you know, a expensive bag from a much larger brand and it came to you, and you were like, oh, this little thing is wrong with it. And you contacted that brand and they were like, oh, we're so sorry. Like, let us either send you a new one or issue you a refund immediately. You're most likely not going to then be upset and like drag, you know, them all day and like post memes about it and stuff like that. Because it's like, well, they've righted their wrong and they admitted they made a mistake. You know, we're all human. So there's going to be space for human error. And so they made that mistake and they apologize for it and, you know, move on. Um, I think that anybody that like follows his career knows that he's recently scaled up in a major way, um, in a way that it's been a long time since we've seen, I don't know if ever we've seen a, a black man scale the, in this industry this quickly, right? This is like, it's kind of like unprecedented. So, you know, I think that there were some issues with like the quality control um, and, and certain people that were probably packing the bags or whatever, were not saying, Hey, this is not up to the standard. Right. So he's at a point now. And it's, again, it's more of a recent point where I don't think he's any, any more, any longer looking at every single bag that leaves, you know, his shop or whatever, because he has employees now because he's gotten to that scale so quickly. But yeah, I mean, I think that there were lessons learned and I, I think that there were mistakes made, but I also just don't understand like when a, when a brand or a business says to you, like, we are so sorry for our mistake. We will do the things to make it right. I, I just don't understand the consistent hate afterwards. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because I just feel like we need to, I see often it's black people being very, 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 um, I don't even know what the word is, but just hard on black owned businesses. Right. Um, and really not giving them any sort of race or whatever. And again, I'm not saying that there should be bad products, bad customer service, any of those things. But I think in this case, like, that's not what was going on here. It's like there were some products that were not up to par. And so customer service handled it and said, we are happy to refund you. We will do so right now. Um, and I think that's, at the end of the day, that's all we can really ask. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's just something that we need to be aware of. And we need to start asking ourselves, like, why are we harder on black owned businesses that we know are smaller businesses than we would be on like Prada or, you know, Versace or whatever. And it's funny because these same people will then turn around and support businesses that literally will put out racist merchandise, like literally like racist merchandise. A lot of these high-end places have put out in the last like two years, not like even, you know, before that. And they're, they're happy to like rock those brands but then will not rock a black owned brand. And are, they have nothing to say about the, the racist, you know, merch that's put out, but everything to say about like a, one mistake that was made from a black owned business. So I don't know. It just made me mad. And I want to rant about it. <laughs> no, I think, um, I guess as a, 
a lesson to be taken away from this is if you do have issues with the product, always be upfront of it and on, upfront and honest as soon as possible. Because if you try, not to know, because I don't know the situation, but I've seen brands definitely get dragged because they try to sweep things under the rug or they say it's going to take a little bit more time or this and that. And it's like, if you're having an issue with supply or something came out, just come up up front, own it. Don't blame your team. Don't do that. Uh, What's her name? Rachel, whatever her face is. Rachel Hollis. (laughs) Don't pull a Rachel Hollis. Don't blame your team. Take full responsibility and right the wrong in the best way you possibly can. And you may take a loss for it. And you know what? That's the cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like he did all of those things up front. So I don't exactly yep. know why. And it was like literally he came on the video as himself. And like, that's what I really liked is that he was just really transparent about it. You could tell that he was really transparent about it. Like he could have like tried to pay somebody to create a statement or whatever, yeah. but he was like, oh, he's going to come up and show up and, and apologize for this. And you know, it is what it is. Like, not it is what it is. He didn't say that. I'm just saying it is what it is. Like, it's a bag. And he said he's sorry. He's giving your money back. Like, why are you crying? Yeah. You know? Um. I mean, yeah. So I think there's definitely lessons to be learned. He even said some of the memes were funny. So he's nice, nicer than I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would be, I don't think I would be mad about it. And I guess I'm not it. I think I'd be like, you know, I'd be more upset that like, oh, I put out a product that was bad. You know what I mean? Like other people, yeah. other and people have the right to be mad about it. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, I think that's exactly, you know, he does feel bad about that. And I think you can tell. And that's why it's so like, okay, it's like cut him some slack. But and- they won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no one will. Uh, but yeah, I think there is like, uh, not even just black owned businesses, but I think e-commerce in generally is a space because we live in a society of the Amazon effect of like you get your two day shipping, you get your one day shipping, you get your turnaround. And so people expect things to be at their doorsteps like in a couple of days and like completely custom to their own experience, depending on where they're shopping. It's like, no, not all products A are gonna, especially if they're handmade products, nothing's gonna look exactly the same. Like it does come out of a factory. It's gonna look unique. It's gonna have its own differences. And that's nice about handmade items. So you're gonna see maybe like paint chips or something, you know what I mean? Like you're just not going to get a full space. Yeah. And I've seen that with my friends who do pottery or um, even like watercolor, like art prints, you know, and things like that, that, you know, really back in the day, you know, your art that you would get would be not a hundred percent on its own. But if you're printmaking or even, you know, creating art by hand, sometimes people get feedback and be like, Oh, I saw a little smudge of paint on it. Like that's part of the magic of buying something that was created with some, by somebody's hands or jewelry pieces. A lot of jewelry mm-hmm. designers get a lot of flack because their jewelry is not, you know, uniform and looks exactly the same as a picture as it would in a Target or some other retailer. So you just need to manage your expectations when you're shopping online, shopping with small businesses yeah. that and not everything, especially if it's hand tailored and handmade, it's going to be pricier because it's not coming from a factory overseas or like something that is created by mass child labor or something you know what I mean like that so you're paying more premium for somebody creating something sustainably and um in an honest way that's kind of the upcharge there so understanding that understanding shipping the USPS still has delays you guys like it has not gotten better just because we have a new president just because there's no longer pandemic it's a little better but it's still not great like it's not back to where it was two three years ago and that's mainly because a lot of people have stopped working at lower paying jobs that exposed them to the pandemic where else who got crapped on in the whole year last year? Postal yep. workers. So why would you go back to that yep. job when you can get a better job? And so much of that, like uh so much of that industry was like demolished basically by the past administration, like them removing, you know, different uh elements of it basically. So they have to like 
put all that back to the labor. So who wants to do that level of manual labor for the pricing now in which you can be working at fast food chains and still make those same starting hourly prices that, that, you know, the post service is offering. So it's a very competitive job market. So a lot of people are just not going back to uh, laborious jobs that are very uh, hard on physical. They're not very flexible. You work at the post office. You do not, not like you don't get holidays off. You work every holiday. You try to get that overtime because you're trying to make more money. Like it's not like one of those easy breezy jobs where you get it. Cause a lot of people say that the post office paid well and they did in 1997 it's 2021 those prices are now starting prices at our fast food restaurants right now so the prices have not gone up because the money the post office has not made more money they've only been losing money since so i I just be aware that shipping is always going to be a more expensive if you get it quicker if you're using a shipping company like ups or fedex and not using the post office of course it's going to cost more money because those companies cost more money so just always complaining about shipping cost that's always going to be a thing. I don't know why we still complain about that in 2021. Um, yeah, just some things to think about. And just as a real re, uh, a retailer, think about adding in the cost of shipping in your thing and just say, hey, it's free shipping, but now it's $25 for this yeah. thing instead of like 20 You know what I mean? Just be aware that the consumer needs and demands are different and they're very vocal and they're going to be very vocal on social and just be prepared to have statements and be ready to have really good customer service because that's how you stand out and that's how you continue to make money. So um, I think that's kind of it on that topic. I'm not going to really, because the episode is long, so I was like, I'm just going to just briefly mention that uh, marginalized people have the right to prioritize their mental health and they always will. Um, so mm-hmm. if you have an issue with whatever Naomi Osaka has said or done to prioritize her mental health. This probably is not the podcast for you. So you probably should just hang up right now because you're not even going to like the interview um, right. if you're brand new here. You won't like anything that we say or anything about You us just will not. Like, if you got this far and thought we, we would think differently about it, um, absolutely not. Um, I just think. And if you thought we were not both Team Naomi and Team Serena, then this is not the place for you. Not for you. Um, yeah, I think that's just uh, maybe we can talk about that in a different podcast, which we have a lot, you know. And yeah, I think I'd love to have an episode where we just talk, talk about, about prioritizing your, your mental well, health and your career, your, um, like how to support your like the diff- like the people that work for you as well. Because I just feel like you know they really drop the ball. Like if she says like, "Hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling." Like imagine if they would have come out and been like oh yeah, we're so sorry you feel that way. Let's, you know, skip that portion and let's find other ways that we can support you going forward so that you are feeling mentally well. Like this could have been a whole different conversation, you know? I need sports Um, people who like sports to explain to me if what's the point of watching a press junket because I've never watched one in the entirety yeah, of my own career no point. of watching somewhat and for black women it's literally just like a time where they go and try to like go in on them and like try to just basically like be like they just choose violence basically they're like let's have a conversation where we choose violence at you and black women have to just you know serene has to go through that and you know obviously like naomi's been watching her do that for years and now is experiencing that herself and she's like yeah i'm not gonna do that yeah i mean it's not native to to ten. it definitely is an issue it's becoming a larger conversation because kyrie irvin has been talking about the racism he's experiencing in boston and that this is going hand in hand with that conversation about how uh, black athletes are allowed to be superstars when they are doing something that you know the general society likes but when they decide to prioritize themselves or their mental health in their space then all of a sudden they should just 
you, you need to do your job. It's like, well, when I was being quiet and doing my job, it wasn't good enough. And now you want me to do my job and also talk to you about my job. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's yeah. the rules are not there. So there's definitely more layered nuances behind that. But I definitely want people to, uh, especially in 2021, there's so many threads right now about burnout and stress and people having strokes and people having heart uh, conditions from this past year and the work that we all kind of put in and just going 100% because we're all working from home. And so I think if you need to prioritize your mental health, that is something that you should just be be doing right now. And the, and the hope, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, the money will come because that's not, like, I can't guarantee that. Let's be real. But if you can, <laughs> just just do so. And um, if someone around you is choosing to protect their, their peace, they don't owe you an explanation. They don't have to write you a, a iOS press release like Naomi did because she honestly didn't have to. Um, she gave them two. So <laughs> just, yeah. pre- just be respectful of other people's space and time and the way that they choose to heal themselves. No, you don't never know what anybody's going through. It doesn't even have to be related to the stupid pandemic. Like it can be something else. So just if somebody is taking mental health time and break, that's not because they're lazy. It's not because they're boring and bad people it's because they literally it can impact their physical health as well um and it's important to just stop it before it gets too bad so that is all i'm asking on that topic because our episode is really long and i really love our guests and i want you guys to enjoy it so i want you to listen thoroughly to what she has to say and support and uplift her too as she chose her mental health and her well-being over her job so i thought that would be a good um, segue into the interview so as always you can find us on instagram heart hustle podcast on twitter heart hustle pod use the hashtag boss so hard um and let us know if you're doing anything fun for juneteenth that you have planned because we will talk a little bit more about that as we get towards that time but happy pride happy pride joy pride let me know what you're doing for pride if you're in dc area um let me know what's going on for pride because i've never been here for pride P is having an amazing pride um Yes, I know. So, Don't tell me. I'm so <laughs> sad about all the things I'm missing. Saint like Pete's I'm feeling Pride like is looking really promising, so I might pop because, in. And like Florida has to be amazing. Yeah, Pensacola like, Pride was this past yes, weekend and apparently was yep. amazing. Um, so I'm really I excited. The only thing is that okay, I'm like I'll be at Pride because um, Orlando's Pride is October. So yeah, like, I'll be at that Pride, but I won't be down in Florida for Pride. So I'm like. I'm just hoping that there's really cool stuff up here. Who knows? Maybe I'll pop into New York. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. So you guys. Although I will be overwhelmed. Let's be real. I will be overwhelmed because there's going to be so many people. (sighs) Enjoy your week and um, listen to the episode and let us know what you think um, by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Here on our first podcast of June, we are here with Allie Nimmons, who joined us. Uh, you know, I got to know Allie in the WordPress community, so to speak. I feel like I say this like it's a real place, but it's, I feel like it's like Black Twitter, like it's a, it's a vague <laughs> space. Uh, the vague space, but she kind of jo- joined in kind of like after like I took like a hiatus being like, I'm kind of getting out. And then she's like, Hey, are there black people in WordPress? And I think she got to, somebody recommended David. And so she and him kind of connected. And then when we were in Miami, you know, the last great word camp before the plague, <laughs> we got to actually meet in person and things. So Ali, for those of uh, us who are not familiar with you or your career, your brand, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, my name is Ali Nimmons. 
um, a little bit about me and my career. So about me, uh, I live in Miami, Florida currently with my husband, Gregory, and our cat, Frida. Uh, I'm actually planning on moving to Austin, Texas uh, in Ooh. almost exactly a month from today. Um, so that's that's taking up dominant space in my that's brain at the exciting. moment. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I am a self-taught um, WordPress power user, I guess. I spent a long time building websites for other people and selling those services. And then I worked at a plugin company doing customer support. And then I worked at a maintenance company doing maintenance. And then I shifted into a community role there. And now I'm back to freelancing. Um, but I'm focusing on creating content to teach people how to use WordPress, whether that is uh, blog posts, documentation, videos, podcasts, all that sort of good stuff. Um, yeah, focusing on taking all the things that I know and creating content that teaches other people how to use WordPress. Um, and that is sort of my my giving back to the community that has given me so much over the years. That's awesome. Yeah, you're so good at like like you said, like you're a power user. Like you, I think that's something that some people don't understand is that you kind of just have dug in to kind of all the aspects and nooks and cranny without even having yeah. to like commit code to the core or something. You know what I mean? So you're yeah, still one of those yeah. super important people because you understand the product and you can relate to the everyday person, which most people, you know, are the everyday people. They're not the plugin developers and theme developers, et cetera. So I'm excited exactly. to to uh, talk to you more about this journey, and especially with you moving to Texas and abandoning us in the Australia <laughs> of the United States that is Florida. So, <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to leave Florida. I'm about to turn 29, and I moved here when I was 13. So, whatever 29 minus 13 is, that's how long I've been wanting to get out of Florida. So, this is a, this is a huge. <laughs> Relatable Relatable that. Relatable uh, I was. I was born in Long Island, New York, and I spent most of my childhood in Yonkers, New York, which is a suburb yeah. uh, right outside of the city. Uh, we all know where Yonkers because, you know, DMX. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm from DMX. <laughs> so that's the one thing we have. I think DMX and like Mary J. Blige are from Yonkers. And then there's, <laughs> yep, that, Tyler, yep, yep, there's yeah. that Tyler, that Tyler, the creator song. Uh, and yeah. And then there's a, a play by Neil Simon called Lost in Yonkers. And that's really all we have <laughs> as far as media references go. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Yonkers and then we moved down to Fort Lauderdale when I was 13 years old. Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I first of all, I love what you do because I'm one of those people that is it's like, I am not great at coding. Um, you know, like I love using WordPress, but it can get overwhelming, especially with like the last few years. Like it's gone, it's gotten a lot more complex for people like me. So you can, I you love- You can say like, Gutenberg, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love when people make it into a more accessible space. And it's funny yeah. because like, you know, I have worked in the world of branding for quite some time and I'll have a lot of clients that like I normally will be like, OK, I'm not going to build your website, but I'll give you advice on where to go to get it built, what to do if you want to do it yourself, because, you know, everybody has a different budget and they're dealing with different situations. And I'm telling you, like, I'm always telling people, listen, you're if you're going to grow and you're going to scale, you're going to wish that you were already on WordPress. So let's just like start there. Um, and of course, like I end up 
you know, you, you lose people to different types of platforms with your Squarespace and things like that. Not that we hate those things, but I'm just saying, like, I do think that for a lot of people, what ends up happening is they have something, they have an idea, and then they start on like a Wix site. And then after like, you know, six months, they realize this is not going to be sustainable for what I'm trying to do. And they end up having to move everything to WordPress anyways. Um, So if I can ever convince people to just start there, that's always what I try to convince them to do. Um, So I'm interested as somebody who like understands, you know, a bit about the world, but not quite as much, obviously, as you and Angelica do. I'm really interested in hearing about like how your career journey led you into like WordPress specifically and just like what the beginning of your career journey looked like as well. For sure. Yeah. My journey to WordPress, uh, man, is is a, a love story for the ages. It came about <laughs> in such a weird way. Um, so when I was five, I was in my first opera. And from ages five to 20, I did theater pretty much exclusively. That was all I did. That was all I thought about. That was all I spent my time doing was theater. I was the youngest uh, drama club president at my high school. Like that was my jam. And I went to college at Florida State University majoring in theater. And after about two years, I realized that while I loved um, performing and I loved directing that was that was the thing I really wanted to do was direct um the community of professional theater is so weird and so competitive and so cutthroat and theater and and acting in general whether you're talking about a film or television or whatever it's it's very much like sports in that you know you have to be like the Michael Jordan to make it and if you're not, if you don't have that thing, you're going to always be on the sidelines and you're always going to be, you know, just wishing for that. And I realized that I wasn't prepared to be that starving artist. Um, I didn't love the craft enough to decide, OK, well, I'll I'll live in poverty my whole life as long as I get to do a show a year, you know. Um, so I dropped out of college and I was looking for something that could take the place of you know, what that thing I wanted to do with my life that was as creative and artistic as theater that that relied on systems and schedules and processes the way that theater does. And that would enable me to collaborate with other people and have that sense of teamwork. Um, But that would make me money. And as I ruminated on this, web design kept coming to the forefront of my mind. I hated code. I, I did not enjoy it. I was not good at it. I've never been good at languages uh, of any sort. I took Spanish for eight years and I, I know no Spanish. Um, and so I was, I was getting really frustrated because I was literally trying to teach myself how to code out of library books. And it was just so frustrating. And I got a job at an agency uh, as a marketing intern. And the promise was they would teach me how to build websites as a part of that internship. And they used WordPress. And I was like, hold on. I can build complex, powerful, detailed, beautiful experiences without 
having to look at a line of like, yes, sign me up 100%. (laughs) And so that internship was terrible, but I (laughs) devoured every bit of information that I could find about WordPress. I developed our maintenance program at that company. Like I designed the maintenance packages that, that they have. I went to my first WordCamp um, because my boss at the time was speaking and he literally just had me come and take video of him speaking. Um, <laughs> but at, at that WordCamp, the very first person I ever saw speak was Morton Rand Hendrickson. And like, talk about examples, right? Like talk about somebody to emulate. This is mm-hmm. like one of the most prominent WordPress thinkers, right, right now. Um, and I was like, wait a minute. So not only can I build websites with WordPress without having to code, but I can perform, like I can go back to that performative aspect of my life and get up on a stage in front of an audience again and talk to people about WordPress. Like, yes, sign me up. And so two years after that first WordCamp, I came back to WordCamp Miami and applied to speak, Um, got accepted to speak. And that was the beginning of my journey then into the actual community. Like I had set one foot into the room of WordPress through learning how to use it. And then once I discovered the people behind it, it was like, okay, I'm never leaving. Like this is... This is where I need to be. Um, So it was this long, slow, beautiful journey of learning what WordPress was and then learning about the people who create it and the people who contribute to it. Um, And that has been massively rewarding in professional and personal ways. It's like it's so poetic the way you you have a way with words as an artist. Um, and so like, <laughs> I'm like sitting here the whole time, like it's so magical, and everyone should get involved because it like, it, it right. felt it magical. True. Yeah, it it's, it's so corny, but it yeah, it really does feel that way. Um, and and I'm reminded of that constantly. Like it does feel like this this magical thing of like WordPress found me. And kind of set me right on my feet and gave me has given me this this direction and this purpose and I'm so 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 grateful of that. Love that you have this background of you know being a performer, being an artist already, and you were like, hmm, you know this career landscape is not looking so great, um, and I want to make sure that I can live my life a certain way and I have certain goals and standards for my life, and that you like found something that fits that and still allows you to be creative. Because I think for a lot of people, you know, like I grew up, I was also like a theater kid. I was, you know, a choir kid. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, well, if I can't do that, then I have to like, you know, take the the nine to five that's going to be like soul crushing or whatever. But it's like, it's not really either or. Like there are so many wild, amazing, you know, career paths that we can take. And there's jobs that didn't even exist like five, 10 years ago yeah. that exist now and are, are make a lot of money. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's something we try to talk about on the podcast a lot is that it's okay to say, I would like to have money and not be broke. Like you said, you were like, I like this, but not enough to like possibly, you know, 
live in poverty for 10, 11 years or whatever, while I'm trying, quote unquote, to make it and may not, you know, I think that's just so real, because especially like, as black women, you know what I mean? It's like, I really feel like you have to secure the bag. And it's just important for me to see people like, be able to pay their bills and take care of themselves. Because at the end of the day, it's like, no one's gonna do it for us. So for yeah, for me, as somebody that doesn't have like, you know, family money to fall back on and things like that. It's just like, no, I got to secure the bag at the end of the day. Like I would love to, you know, have pursued being a singer nonstop. But at the end of the day, I made sure that I had a career where I could be creative and also make money. So I'm just so glad that you've done that and you're setting that example for other people as well. Thanks. That's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a really strong mindset, right? Like my mom, mm-hmm. uh, I am a biracial person. I identify as a black woman. My mother is Same. a black woman. Um, she followed theater her whole life. She went to Brooklyn College for theater. She toured with the uh, toured the world with the Alvin Ailey Dance Company in the 70s doing costumes for them um, and worked in community theaters and, and at opera companies when I was, when she was raising me by herself and she managed to raise me as a single mom and work in theater. But I still up, I still grew up with a certain degree of financial instability and fear that I've Mm -hmm. decided I'm not, I don't have any children right now, but I'd like to one day. And I've, I've decided I'm not going to, raise my children in that way. Not that there was anything wrong with what my mom did. Like I would not have her change a single thing about the way she raised me, but yeah, I want to secure the bag and I want to, I want to do better than, than what came before me. And I think that as a, as a way for black women and black people in general to heal in this country, like that has to be the mindset, right? Like appreciating what was set up for us, not looking down on that and not forgetting that, but making sure that we are making incremental steps forward um, throughout time. Yeah. And And remembering (laughs) that it's like, you know, in the generation before us, it's like they didn't always have that choice. You know what I mean? Like in previous generations, it was a lot harder to do both, to be able to be creative and to be able to be financially stable. But that's definitely like not the case for our generation. I think a lot of people still have that old way of thinking. But you know, like I know, like, you know, Gen Z is definitely like getting it that it's like, that's not the case. I want more millennials to get it as well. But it's like, it is really not the case that you can't be creative. Like so many people that I meet are always like, Oh, my God, your job's so creative. That's so awesome. And I'm like, you can have a creative job too. There are lots of creative jobs out there. And I think that when people hear the word tech, they get so afraid and they're like, oh no, that's going to be something really hard and something where like you don't ever get to create. And I'm like, it's literally the opposite of that. Like the people that I've met who, you know, are from the WordPress community, mainly Angelica and David are two of the most creative people I know, hands down. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, look, I didn't, we need to have like a, a follow-up panel about building generational wealth because that's a whole yes. podcast on its own, especially yeah. from the perspective of people at single mom because all three of us did. Mm-hmm. So that's a yeah. whole different thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll follow that. up on that. You guys look, look into the future, but to switch gears a little bit and then bring it back into the, the WordPress community, what are some of the highlights? Like what are some of the all-time most rewarding things that you've experienced in this community? Because I think I do like to have people understand that open source is that, like you said, like it's magical when it, when it is, 
It's really, mm -hmm. uh, you can't even explain how magical it is, but I will ask you to attempt to do so. So <laughs> feel free to share some um, moments that you would like to share. I thought about this a lot um, when I was preparing for, for talking to you too. Um, I mean, there are a few things that come to mind, but I, I just want to start that this thought by saying that the most fulfilling things to me, really, the things that have stuck with me and the things that have had the biggest effect on me long term have been little things, right? Like mm -hmm. sitting and talking to you and David at WordCamp Miami two years ago. Can you believe it? Um, and, oh. and watching your little person, you know, run around outside, like those moments where it's like these are people that I don't have to sit here even though this is a professional quote-unquote setting, these are not people that I have to sit around and try to impress. These are not people mm -hmm. that I have to put on any sort of, um, I don't have to put on my white girl voice, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> these are people that I can be 100% myself and feel accepted. And the, the moments where that happens in this community are the moments that are my favorite. Um, there are highlights as far as my professional journey, like the first time that I spoke at a WordCamp, um, the, I was recently nominated for and won a Yoast Cares Award, which was incredibly mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, starting underrepresented in tech with my friend Michelle and seeing that grow and, and be received and be successful. Um, there, there are these high points, like, okay, good high point recently. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I published a blog post on the wordpress.com blog and the the moment of signing a contract an automatic contract with Matt Mullenweg's signature at the bottom that was huge for me um which is such a weird moment too because I feel like 90% of the planet does not know who Matt Mullenweg is yeah. but <laughs> within our little community right he's he's the top um, yeah. so there are all of these surreal moments where I'm like, I could try to explain this to my mom and she's not going to understand, but everyone in my immediate, immediate, like professional circle knows that this is just a really, really freaking cool thing. And so I've had a lot of little moments like that where it's like, cool, I've, I've hit like this little professional milestone within my WordPress journey that feels really good. Um, but then there are all of these little moments, these little conversations, um, things people have taught me through hallway talks, you know, that highlight what makes this community special to me and, and highlights all of the things that I've received through being a part of this community that have made my life better. Yeah, let me tell you, queen of the hallway talk. I will go to all your <laughs> camps and never go to but like three sessions. Because <laughs> that's where the magic long. hits. The it hallway is. talks hit print. Facts, like big facts. So anyone who's <laughs> looking for in 2022, century, that's when we'll start popping them back up, you know, uh, to, to go to a working for the first time. Really, like, don't stress out too much about the talk. They're amazing. I'm not saying don't go, but really, you're going to yeah. find magic just hanging out in the hallway. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, now I feel like I need to go to one of these things so I yes. can experience the hallway talk because it sounds very fun. And mm -hmm. also it sounds like there's not a lot of people involved, which is like my favorite type of thing. <laughs> I'm like, it sounds like a good thing for introverts, hallway talk. It's like tiny. 
So you do a lot of advocacy work, which I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about. You do this for underrepresented people in the tech industry. So tell us a little bit about that work, why it's important to you, and how others can join you. You're cutting in and out. Can you try to repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you do a lot of advocacy work for underrepresented people in the tech industry. I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about that work. So tell us why that work is important to you. Tell us a little bit more about it and tell us how others can join you in that work. Yeah. So as I mentioned a little while ago, my friend Michelle and I, um, we started a database called Underrepresented in Tech, and that came out of people constantly DMing us to say, hey, I'm looking for a speaker or I'm looking for a podcast guest or a blog post guest or I'm looking to hire someone and I want to prioritize diversity. Can you help me find or can you suggest people? And um, my gut reaction to that was always, I don't work for you. Um, I'm not your headhunter. <laughs> I don't want to do this. But it's it's such an important goal to have, right? To prioritize diversity when you're building something with other people. And so the database is really Michelle and my way to be lazy and not have to connect people to our personal (laughs) networks, um, but just let people find each other. And the work is important to me. You know, I, I never set out. I never decided. I never made a conscious decision that I was going to be the diversity girl in WordPress. Um, It came out of lots of conversations, hallway talks that I had with people, um, explaining to people who who were very well-meaning and who were just ignorant to certain things. So Creating the underrepresented tech database was a way for Michelle and I to be lazy and not have to do the work of trying to connect people uh, to other people, even though, you know, that is really important work. And it is really wonderful that there are people out there who are trying to prioritize diversity. Um, It's not my job. And um, so the database allows people to connect with each other and and puts more of the impetus in their hands to find diverse people to work with. And this work is really important to me because I I never set out to be the diversity person in WordPress. Like this was not an intentional thing that I was going to keep having these conversations. But these conversations kept coming up. Um, Like I would have hallway talks with people, very well-meaning people, intelligent people who were just ignorant about certain things, um, uh, uh, explaining to them, like I remember starting a conversation or rather a rant with, well, in 1865 when slavery was abolished, which it actually wasn't because (laughs) a lot of slaves were not told and a lot of systems and institutions were rebuilt so that slaves couldn't, you know, like I went off. Yeah. And at the end of that rant, the person was like, thank you. I understand better now. Like, I I have the context I didn't have before. And I realized that a lot of people in our space, but I think all over the place, want to have these conversations. And when I say people, I mean white people. Want to have these conversations about diversity. Want to understand so that they can be better allies. But they are embarrassed. They are ashamed. Mm -hmm. They are scared to ask questions. Um, Because, yeah, it's not black people's job 
to teach white people how to be good allies. But then whose job is it? Right. So I've I've decided that if somebody is is willing to be brave enough to ask and to admit that they don't know, I'm willing to take a little bit of time to try to help them understand. Um, Because I think that as a biracial person and charisma, I don't know if you've encountered this as well. Um, my whole life, I've kind of been the safe black person. I've been the black person who's not that black, right? Like, I, I, I don't have very dark skin. I don't dress the way that quote unquote scary black people dress. I talk like a white girl. And so I think I'm very approachable to a lot of white people who have questions about mm-hmm. the black experience. And I struggled with that for a lot of my life. But privilege is power. I have privilege as a practically white passing at times individual, even though I've grown up around stereotypically black, poor, disabled, queer, all kinds of people, largely through my theater upbringing, actually, but also just where I lived and, and the people that I encountered. So I have I have windows into different areas and different perspectives. And I think having those windows, but also being that approachable, not scary black woman allows people to feel like they can ask me those scary questions. Um, and that's why it's important to me because for some reason the universe has decided that I'm that person. <laughs> and who am I to argue with the universe? So you ask also, how can people help? Continue to ask questions. Ask people if you can ask them questions, right? Like, I love when somebody sends me a DM and they're like, if you don't have the capacity or don't want to answer this question, I totally understand. But here's my question, right? Because that's that's taking the pressure off of me to feel like I have to have this conversation with you. Because sometimes I don't want to. And sometimes I say mm-hmm. that. Um, but we do need to have the conversations. It sucks that black people in this country right now need to take on a little bit of the burden of being the educators. But I think that by talking about and normalizing the experiences that we have, we bridge that gap of, of misunderstanding. So people can help by asking questions, engaging in dialogues, um, listening when other people have something to say that is different from their perspectives. Um, Because you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know a lot. That's that's one thing I've learned in my long 29 years is I don't know an awful lot. Um, And I think that in communities like tech communities where the basis of your job is being correct, right? Like having that green light go off, having that code pass your checks, like meeting your conversion goals, whatever that might be. Being wrong is very difficult for a lot of people or not knowing is very difficult for a lot of people. So I think opening yourself up to that vulnerability of being wrong, not knowing, admitting that and finding a way to learn and be better, that's how you can help mic drop well (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Like, well, and you know, in Florida, so many people are from New York. Like, we get a lot of New Yorkers. So, growing up, like, I always mm. had a lot of, specifically, a lot of Dominican girls would do my hair too. Um, so, yeah, like, I was, I was often, yeah. you know, amongst many Puerto Rican and Dominican people. Um, so, <laughs> our friends always joke that my husband and I are Puerto Rican by association. Um, like, we even have like his best friend. Like his side of the family is, we call it the third side That's of our so family, funny. our Puerto Rican side. We call their parents, mom, and dad, and everything. So they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, that's one thing I do love about, you know, like a lot of industries now are finally starting to like have lots of different types of people and lots of different representations. So it's like growing up, people would just assume, like, oh, well, you're brown. So you've got to be, you know, I saw you speaking with somebody who speaks Spanish. So you've got to be Puerto Rican, Dominican. There's no other you know, possibility. And it's like, no, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. There's, you know, there's black Latinas too, as well. You know, like there's just a lot of different things that someone can be. It's not just white and then everybody else, which is what they kind of like to lump, you know, all people of color together and act like we're all the same. It's like, no, there's so much diversity Mm -hmm. in blackness. There's so much diversity in the Latin community. There's so much diversity in Asian communities. Like we're all just so, there's just a lot going on. Um, So I love that, you know, industries are starting to explore that more as well. Well, um, so 2020, (laughs) it's already, it's 2021. I know I'm not like, trigger warning we talked about last year because it's a culmination of what's happening this year so if you want to skip this question like go for like five minutes and, and then maybe we'll be done talking about it but <laughs> I did want to talk to you because I feel like we reconnected a little bit with you know the women of color wordpress grouping kind of did some work together with one of the conferences and things so I want to talk to you specifically about how your 2020 went with your career and is there anything that you learned from it or you've adjusted from you know, basically the world coming together and kind of entering our space, which is that virtual digital space. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. uh, Phew. It was. (laughs) (sighs) It's such an understatement to say it was hard, right? Um, Like understatement of the century. But yeah, it was it was hard. And I thought when it all first started and they're like, oh, we're going to have to stay home for weeks to months. I was like, Psh, I've been working virtually for like six years, like easy peasy. I got this. But I didn't realize how much importance my evenings out had or my weekends out or traveling to go to a word camp, even if it was just my local word camp or a local meetup. I didn't realize how much I would miss those things. So my mental health took a huge hit and I was stuck in my house alone because unfortunately my husband, um, he works as a teacher and he still had to go to school uh, for, for most of 2020. So I was still home by myself and I was alone with all of my thoughts and just my thoughts. And I really had to reevaluate, which I think a lot of people did, reevaluate what I was doing, like what I was spending my time doing and whether the things that I was doing were things that I was doing because I felt it was an expectation or if those were things that actually truly made me happy. So I rather publicly quit the job that I was at this time. Um, As a result of 2020, I quit earlier this year 
But as a result of living through 2020, I quit my job, um, which was a great job. And it was the, it was a logical step in the evolution of my career um, for me to be in that job. But there were so many things missing for me. And I was struggling every day to just do the bare minimum of what was expected of me, even though I actually enjoyed the work. And that just felt super wrong. So I'd say the biggest, one of the biggest changes of 2020 was that whole reevaluation of what what path I wanted to be on. Um, and I think a lot of that was thanks to being more virtual, which meant that I got to have more connection with other people in this space. So I feel like previously my connections would be like at WordCamps and then not really talking to people until the next WordCamp. And then with 2020, it turned into a (laughs) daily uh, conversations and daily dialogues and daily interactions with people via Twitter, via Slack, via podcasts, uh, virtual meetups. Like I, I could attend you know, WordCamps in London if I wanted to because it was all online. And so I had mm-hmm. much more I, – I have this I have this feeling of – this might sound like complete esoteric nonsense, but I believe it's really important for people to connect with other people in meaningful ways in order to feel real. Like – when you don't have connection with other people that is meaningful, you start to kind of lose track of your groundedness as a, as a human being on this planet. And the more connection, the more interaction I had with people, the more real I felt. And the more real I felt, the more I was able to internalize what I was feeling and make better decisions for myself. So all that to say, 2020 was super hard. But it was very good for me in the long term because it forced me to acknowledge a lot of personal and professional things that I needed to acknowledge. Um, And other great things like I bought a car and I got married and I got a cat and like, you know, all these other fun things. But a lot of growth came out of 2020 um, for me, which I'm very thankful for. And I'm still reaping the benefits of and still riding that wave. Um, so yeah, it was really hard and it was scary, but it, I benefited a lot from it in the long run. Yeah, that's what I feel like I'm hearing from a lot of people that, you know, have gone through that year and maybe didn't have like something extremely terrible happen directly to them, but it was like, lots of difficult things. And so it made uh, like a year for extreme growth, which growth is always hard, but like the growth span of like maybe three to five years pushed into one year, it sounds like, you know, and that's, 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 uh, that was my experience. And also my husband is also a teacher. So shout out to that. Um, so yeah, it was (laughs) just that alone, just being married to a teacher for the year was a lot. That in itself. What you great know, to see you. Yeah. So it, it was, whew, what a year. I'm so my husband's been teaching wow. for 17 Job years hunter. because he's old. <laughs> and um, he's 
just Jeez. blowing up his spot. <laughs> I hope he listens Exposed. to this episode. <laughs> we do that sometimes. Angelica doesn't like it. She'll, she'll defend it. But, um, but yeah, no, he, and he started teaching early too. He actually, like he graduated in the December mm-hmm. of like his senior year or whatever and immediately started teaching in December because they tried to hire him when he was a senior because um, he's a great teacher. Um, but he's taught everything nice. from third grade to high school. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he teaches a lot. He, he's, he's taught on all grade levels because he just likes to kind of switch it oh, up. Awesome. And he mostly teaches English as a second language when he teaches higher grades. So, but yeah, just like seeing, you know, just, just being yeah. near that dur- during all of this was a lot in itself. Um, but I, I completely agree with what you said about, you know, just the importance of being able to communicate with people. And I'm very introverted and I've worked from home for over a decade. So I too thought, oh, I'll be <laughs> fine. Like Angelica literally has to like push me outside. Like she's always like, go outside, sun, like stop being a vampire. But it, it was one of those things that like I didn't notice like how much just, you know, going out with a friend like once or twice a week or, you know, like even just the simplicity of like going to the grocery yeah. store and not having it be like a scary, you know, situation, like just going to Trader Joe's to pick up some food, like just the little things that we did and then and having yeah. all that. Even just the choice, like even as an introvert, like I'm a fairly introverted a person, <laughs> but like just knowing on like, you know, if I have a really hard Friday being like, okay, well, you know what, this weekend we I could go to a movie or, you know, I could go to the park. I could do something to kind of take my mind off of it. And just knowing mm-hmm. that you have that as a possibility is so good mm-hmm. for your, your brain. Um, and so knowing instead that I feel so trapped in my house because I'm frustrated by X, Y, Z, and I have nowhere to escape from that, right? Like that trapped caged animal feeling in 2020, it, it, I don't think anyone was fully prepared for what that was going to do to us as a, as a, as a unified people, right? Like as a society, what it was going to do to us. And I'm objectively very mm-hmm. interested to read studies, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now about how effed people are <laughs> from the the consequences of, of this past year. Um, it's yeah. scary, but it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. This is a first, like in our, in our human history, really. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Definitely, I think when you like remove yourself from it and just look at like, look at it as a whole it is quite interesting and I I think that it's it's changing industries you know what I mean like you like you said you saw for you like you were able to pull back and see your own industry more clearly Um, I think a lot of people you know I know the real estate industry is completely different than what people anticipated so I think with and even teaching teaching has changed like now um, I know in Atlanta they're opening up a completely Mm -hmm like a new division that's going to be completely online. So I think that going forward, we're going to see, continue to see massive changes in many industries going forward, but especially tech, because a lot of these industries that are changing will rely on tech to help them change, you know? Um, So you made a major like career change last year, you know, leaving this job that, you know, was essentially probably like a dream job for you. And so I want to know, like, what you're working on now and how yeah. your community has um, helped right now, navigate, like, these big things. changes. Um, the joys of freelancing, right? So 
I uh, I do some administrative help and workshop assistance yeah. with a company called Diverse in Tech, which is headed by uh, WordPress uh, and Magento uh, Dynamo, Jill Binder. Um, I am writing a lot freelance. Like I mentioned, the WordPress.com post. Um, I'm working with a company right now to rebuild all of their tech documentation for them. Um, producing video content. So I'm, I'm right now working on a video that is going to accompany the WordPress.com blog post that I wrote um, and working on some creative projects. Uh, this, today's Wednesday. So Monday, uh, we dropped the very first episode of The Open Source Economist, which is directed and hosted by my good friend, Christy Chirinos, who is just a genius really just i'm gonna throw that word out super casually she's a genius uh yeah this is this is gonna be so i'm i'm the editor slash kind of co-producer on that podcast mainly editor um that first episode is out now so i highly recommend after you've finished binge watching or binge listening to this podcast to go listen to the open source economist um if you know christy as a as a wordpress listener this is a side of christy that you probably have not encountered before and it's phenomenal um, and then working on my own podcast, which is, um, completely non-WordPress related, uh, just pure creativity, pure creation. Um, and it's a horror fiction podcast with a feminist, uh, agenda, if you will. Uh, and I'm in pre-production for that right now. And it's incredibly, incredibly fun. So I'm just trying to kind of diversify <laughs> I'm really, really excited that about it. Um, it's like my little brainchild that I finally got some funding for and can actually put together. Um, it won't be out until um, you can learn about it when at hysteriapod.com, but it's not going to be out until October. Um, Perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> I chose that for a reason. Perfect. But yeah, it's it's not going to drop until October. I'm gonna have a trailer out pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a the first season is nine short stories, horror stories written all written by women from the early 20th century because I didn't feel like paying for royalty fees. Um, read by female voice performers. Um, yeah, it's going to be really spooky and fun, and I get to flex some more of my theatrical oh, muscles that I have yeah. not flexed in eight years. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to diversify the things that I spend my time doing into the more technical WordPressy things that can make me more money and the creative, um, expressive things that balance my, my spirit because I can tell if I don't work on something creative for a few days, I my spirit starts to to my aura starts to go gray um and so it's really important for me these days to find creative outlets in addition to like work work yeah i mean first of all i think that's one of the I cool things that. about being creative is that you can do so many things and that's why it's so hard for me to explain people are like what do you do what do you do it's like it's i do nine thousand things you know what i mean like we we're able to do nine thousand things and that we like it because I think a lot of people are often concerned no, and we're like, oh no, are you okay? And we're like, no, no, I like have it. A great day, so it's fine that I can work on something today or an hour and then switch over to 
podcast editing or switch over. Like I just edited some photos from this graduation, like that type of thing. So it's nice to be able to flex my creative muscle. Um, And so I'm glad that you were here to explain this a little bit because I feel like when I talk about things, people are very concerned. Like Christmas said, they're like, are you all right? I'm like, no, this is is beautiful. It's fine. and I'm really excited about that podcast. I'm really excited about this yeah. scary podcast. Like it's it's gonna be a vibe. So yeah, I'm really excited. Our mutual friend Ebony Butler is actually going to be Ooh. one of the voice performers. Wonderful, Ebony. First of all, her voice is magical. Yeah, you know, a whole metal singer. First of all, like yeah. so, um, <laughs> I'm very thrilled and excited to hear about that. And um, obviously, Christy's podcast is on my. T T D to listen. Like, yeah. I was like, TV to be listening? That doesn't work. The book thing doesn't work in podcasts, but it's on my, like, I subscribed on Spotify yeah. and I'm ready to listen to them. I don't know. One day we'll have to have Christy on, but I feel like she's she's a genius. Like you said, she's a child. Like, I feel like she was like smart. If Smart Guy was about, you know, a little Peruvian girl, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she really is like a, a child genius. Like, she's so young and is so accomplished and has so much brain power and is so uh open into sharing her life and her story so i definitely will put links to one of her latest blog posts in the podcast that you talked about in the show notes yeah. so you guys can kind of navigate around what what you know ali has the the wonderful uh honor of being blessed with amazing <laughs> people in this community that she's also helping them navigate all this stuff yeah. that's happening in the crazy in the world as well. And yeah, to I didn't really answer the second part of that question, which was like how the community has like supported me through through all the things that I'm doing. And really at the end of the day, it's it's support. It is, you know, when I posted about quitting my job, I don't I hadn't even posted that I, I had officially quit. I posted something snarky like oh i'm i'm unemployed (laughs) and um 10 minutes after that i had a dm from someone offering saying like hey i'd love for you to write for me now that you're unemployed like people have reached out to me and put their money where their mouth is and given me opportunities and and asked to hire me which is like if you want to talk about supporting underrepresented people in tech hire them right like Help them feed their families, validate their work. Like it was so validating for people to just cold reach out to me and be like, I want to work with you. I want to hire you. Like not to sit here and toot my own horn, but like I worked really hard to make a name for myself as a WordPress professional and having people reach out to me and offer me the chance to work with them was it was what I needed in that moment of like, I'm going to be okay. Like I made this decision with no uh you know job lined up next but i'm gonna be okay because this community of people has my back um and and even christy you know the the open source economist podcast i i have not asked for her to pay me i don't want her to pay me it's something i'm doing for fun because i enjoy editing um and i don't think she fully appreciates that letting me do that is such a gift like that being able to go into that creative mode and, you know, put my name on something with Christy's name on it. Like, <laughs> thank you for that, you know? Um, so, yeah, ev- everyone has I, – I, mostly everyone has really had my back. There are some people who um, 
I'm not here for performative support. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't really love yep. when people are like, oh, my God, you're so great. Like, I love the stuff that you're yes. doing that you're putting yeah. out there. Like, wow, great. Thanks. And then if you need something. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Right? I won't there. Don't no, you? That, that like, won't like, put her name. She's not getting my podcast for free. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, no. I doubt I she reached out to Allie. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like when people are, when they do that. And they're like, yeah, whenever, if you need something, reach out. If you need something, I have your back. And then you reach out and they're like, eh, pop the brakes, you Crickets. know? So yeah. the, I would say 99.999% of the people in the community yeah. have not done that. They have had my back. They have been true to their word, exceeded their word. Um, even stuff like this, like you, Angelica, reaching out to me and being like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Heck yeah, I want to be on the podcast. Like, thank you for, th- I enjoy the fact that I even take up space in someone else's brain unprompted. You know what I mean? So yeah, that in and of itself is helpful to me being somebody coming out of 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally, um, for all transparency sake, I literally was going to send you that uh, Feruza Balk gif of like, want me to kill them from Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was, originally was going to do. Um, because I was like, I've been slighted by these people as well. How dare they, and, you know, yeah. how dare they hurt my friend? And, and you know, like, like by association, and I'm like, I'm ready to fight. And I was like, you know, let me take a day, think about it. I'm sure your DMs are blown up. And I was like, let me come with you with like actually constructive things to say, like, how can I support you? I subscribe to your newsletter. Like, let's get you on the podcast. That's something I can do. Tell me what you're working on that you want to work on. So when I see mm-hmm. leads, I can send them your way. It's stuff that you actually want to do, not just random stuff like you know what I mean so uh and I think that's the way it should be I think that's the way that's how community works yeah um, when you really want to support and uplift and help people especially those of you who are trying to be better allies Ali just gave you a whole <laughs> list of things that you can do to help support someone who like you said underrepresented is just get into their reach out one-on-one and see where they're at and see what they need and see if you have anything to offer if you don't you know, just keep your eye out and keep them in the back of your mind. I still, to this day, there are people who I don't, I've seen at a conference five years ago, six years ago, we don't talk every day, but if I see an opportunity, I'm instantly like sending it to them and be like, hey, this is for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's not a difficult thing to do. Trust, I have a kid, I have a business, like it, it takes no time for me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can do it, I, I would challenge everyone in 2021, if you're looking for a way to, to get better karma points, so to speak. Uh, try to do that. Find one person or two people that really you can help support by just uplifting them or sending them opportunities, you know, as you see them. So Yeah. And I also think that, like, Ali, it really speaks to both your work and your personal brand that, like, immediately, like, not even coming out and saying, like, hey, I'm switching gears. Like, you kind of, like, said something that wasn't quite, you know, but people already were like, oh, I think she has left her job and I want to work with her and I'm going to immediately reach out. Like, that just really speaks to, like, the, you know, the way that you've represented yourself in that community, how you've given back to others and that sort of thing. Because I think that a lot of times what we see is, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times what we put into a community, we end up getting right back out. Yeah. So the really that's, like, a testament to, like, your work as sense. well. Is that a you know? Karmic? As in through karma? Karm, karmic. Yeah, I think Wait, so. <laughs> I I yeah, that's real. Uh, good for me. Yeah, the WordPress community is extremely karmic in that sense where you you put in what you can 
and you I'm over complicating this. It's karmic. You get what you give, right? So, you know, that's and that's that's the root of the open source mentality, yeah, yeah. right? Is you make this public, you build this thing, you you put your sweat and tears into it, you make it public for other people to be able to do what they want with it, and it benefits everyone. And it's so antithetical mm-hmm. to a lot of we talk about this in the open source economist podcast a little bit like it's so antithetical to the way that our capitalist society tends to work on a typical basis of like Mm -hmm. i build this thing i give it away for free and i'm how do i get back from that that does not compute but it works it absolutely works you know we wouldn't be 40 percent of the web if it didn't work Exactly. It works time and time again. Like, just, yeah, just know that good things are happening, people. But to switch gears a little bit, because you did mention a little bit that you did get married during the pandemic. So I guess because we've had a couple of guests on talk about their pandemic weddings and the event industry. So I want to see from your perspective as someone who kind of just as a consumer, Mm. what was that like? What was it like to get married when the world was kind of, I mean, Florida was opening up, but you know, the rest of the world was taking things a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of wild. It was really stressful. I'll, I'll definitely say that it, it wasn't not stressful to have to make all of these decisions about what's supposed to be the most important day of your life. Um, we got engaged in July of 2019 before all of this happened. And I figured, mm-hmm. okay, we'll be engaged for like a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, Cause yeah, I, w- I wanted like a, a fall or a winter wedding. Um, and so I was already kind of planning the wedding in my head when the pandemic started and it was sort of like, okay, well they're saying this should last, you know, for like a couple weeks. And then suddenly it was a couple months and then suddenly it was like indefinitely, you know, like until the foreseeable future, we're wearing masks and we're distancing and flights are canceled and blah, blah, blah. And so we had to keep pivoting. Like this time last year, we were thinking like, okay, maybe instead of having like a full, you know, 200 person, whatever wedding, we'll have like. 12 people will rent an Airbnb with a big backyard. We'll have a little 12 person backyard wedding, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then it became very apparent that the people, half the people that we would invite to that wedding would have to fly from other states. And that was not going to be possible. Um, And so then we were sort of like, well, do we just put it off until the pandemic is over? And that was a, a conversation for a long time. And what I realized was, while weddings in this country are such an institution, right? And it's supposed to be the most important day of your life. It's this huge event, this huge party. Um, Really at the core of it is what? Two people who have decided to live together forever. And I kind of felt like, and this is not any shade or disrespect to people who have decided to put their weddings off. Do what makes you happy. But I felt like if I put my wedding off until after the pandemic, That meant that I was prioritizing the size of the party over just being married to my person, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? We, the point is for us to be married. I wanted to get married last year because I was scared. I was thinking, you know, if Greg is going to work every day with all these nasty little kids and (laughs) one of them 
<laughs> makes him sick or I get sick for somehow. Like I wanted to have all of the uh, privileges and advantages and benefits in, you know, that worst case scenario of I need to make, I need to make these important hospital decisions for my person, right? That was top of mind. And then just like financial, financial and logistical things. Like we wanted to buy a car and we realized that our insurance would be cut down by half if we were married. Hello? (laughs) Like we've lived together for like six years already. Let's just do it. And so with all of that, coming together we said okay we are going to go to a park with our two best friends and say all the words and sign the paper and so it ended up being us and our two best friends and my mom because my mom insisted on being there um which I was very happy I'm not saying I didn't want her there but um yeah it was basically just us our our three close people and an officiant and a photographer wearing a mask um and i have no regrets because we're married our insurance is cheaper um (laughs) right like we and, and we're together and we're safe and we're healthy and you know it was it was stressful and it was sad to you know not be able to have my dad or my sister or more of my friends there but it didn't matter. Like when I was actually standing there in front of him, like it didn't matter. I had everything that I needed. And so I think that also put a lot of things in perspective this year of like, what is actually important to me? Is it important to have a big party with lots of people there? Or is it important to just move ahead with this milestone of my life for me and for him and have that be it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I like, the perspectives that you gave because we've had I feel like we've had like three different people talk about it <laughs> like, uh some of the conversations are like yeah pro you know for different but this is the first time that someone given like I don't I don't want to say super re- but like for financial and like health reasons like those benefits of like being well, married yeah. is like that's important getting during married, the pandemic which it would be smart <laughs> getting married is a business arrangement I'm sorry like yeah yeah it is a, you're not wrong it I is agree. it is a contractual arrangement for the yeah. betterment of your lives, I think, mm-hmm. at least for us, yeah. right? So no, I'm I'm there with you. Yeah. So yeah, we love each other and all that mushy crap, but like at the end of the day, we needed to like get our get our stuff in order. We needed to be where we needed to be, um, and have that paper and you know all of that stuff. And yeah, I <laughs> and and it's funny because Greg has actually like taught me a lot of that like not to go off into like super like long tangents and stuff but he's really the one that taught me that marriage is not just you know poofy dresses and sunshine and rainbows and flowers like it is it's a contractual agreement and there's nobody I would rather be in a contract with so it's kind of a no-brainer Greg is my people I, uh, I think that's so valid. I, I feel like a lot, so I hear like a lot of people, you know, talking about, you know, weddings that happened during the pandemic and so many people are like, well, why didn't you just wait? Exactly. Why didn't you just wait? Yep. And I feel like yep. the reasons that you just yep. pointed out, it's like, that's exactly what I try to explain to people. It's like, your situation is not the same as everybody else's. And I can tell you that if I wasn't already married, 
that John and I would have definitely got married at the beginning of the pandemic. Because like you said, like there's just certain like your relationship can be exactly the same, right? Like you can be married or not married and have a very similar day to day in your home and in your, you know, like you love each other or whatever, but on paper, like what's going to keep you safe if one of you dies or if one of you is in the hospital and the other one needs to go in and say something like there's just certain rights that you're just not going to have. Um, so it's just so important for people to understand that. And it is, it's really, to me, it's a huge contract. Like, yeah. like that's why I don't understand when people just like marry people casually. Cause I'm just like, do you have the same financial goals, things like that? Yeah. Because like someone can really like mess up your whole life. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there's a lot of benefits, but there's also a lot of things that it's like, if someone makes bad decisions, you know, you have to deal with that side of it too. So yeah, it's, it is, it's a contract, you know what I mean? Like you're tying yeah. your life to somebody else's like on paper. I think people think about it so much in the like, oh, well, I'm tying my, like tying two souls together yeah. and all that. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. You could, again, you could do that without marriage. Like you can commit yourself to somebody without the paper, but this is like, and literally not like only is it a contractual legally, agreement, but huge it's like, deal. <laughs> like what you, what you said, speaking to like people who get married casually, I see it as a, as a business arrangement because he has assets that I want and I have assets that he wants. And when we join our assets together, it makes our relationship and our lives stronger. Right. And assets, not even being money and property, but being support, mm -hmm. friend network, family network, like I have a uterus. He wants a baby. At some point we might have a baby. You know what I mean? Like we have things that the other person wants in their lives. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, like when you talk about people just getting married, you know, knowing each other six months, it's like, okay, but what are the assets? Like what does this person have that is going to vastly improve your life? Which is why I don't judge women who, you know, the Anna Nicole Smith types who marry old rich guys. Talk about securing the bag. Like, get the bag, baby. Get the bag. Get mm -hmm. the bag. Because I'm sorry, that's and what that's what marriage used to mad be. About okay, it when so it benefits the woman, the because it used to be that it would benefit the man. So now, if a chick decides to marry yep. a guy 40 years older than her for his money, yep. oh, she's a gold digger or whatever. But listen, she figured out the assets. She she has she has assets that he wants, guaranteed. And they mm -hmm. entered a business arrangement with each other. Whose business is that exactly. other than theirs? 100%. So I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, right? listen, if I didn't meet John, that would probably be me, okay? <laughs> I clearly didn't marry for money. I married a teacher, so I did the opposite of marrying for money. But, like, Chris, if I had him, too, like, listen, I would have secured the bag, okay? <laughs> like, down. Hands mm -hmm. down. It's funny because I always tell him because I used to work at NBA City and I have flirted with NBA players mm -hmm. from time to time. And I always let him know, like, I could have yeah. secured the you bag, but instead I got with you. So you should be thankful, okay? Because <laughs> your girl used to be super cute talking to NBA players, could have secured the bag, right? But didn't. And during during the pandemic, mm -hmm. when they were in the <laughs> NBA bubble, I told yeah. them I could have been in that bubble, but I'm here with you. So yeah, thank thankful. God every single day. <laughs> I could be down the street in that bubble. 
<laughs> so I'm so excited to hear about your future plans because already I'm like, okay, you're moving to Austin, which is on my short list of places where I would possibly move. Trying to convince the husband because he's like, uh, why are you trying to move to Texas? And why, like, no. And I'm yeah. like, yes, like, you don't understand. Austin is different than the rest of Texas. So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see this podcast. Um, I'm just excited for everything that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about like the plans for the rest of your 2021 and where our listeners can find yeah. you and support um, you to support so all the different things, things that up, you're going to have going uh, on. Yeah, mostly the podcasts, um, the the freelance work that I'm doing. Um, I don't have anything else really to kind of tease or announce aside from those things. So you can follow me on Twitter at Allie underscore Nimmons for updates on all of those things. Um, or you can go to AllieNimmons.com where I write about stuff that's important to me. Um, I try to write a blog post a month. I'm late on this month's one. But it's going to be about uh, writing proposals as a freelancer. So if you're a freelancer and you need help writing proposals, uh, that should be up soon. Um, and I have a newsletter through my website that I think is pretty cool and pretty fun. Um, Angelica can confirm or deny. Um, it is very fun. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, do th the next month really is just going to be overwhelmed with moving. Um, we're moving the beginning of July, and then yeah, the the rest of my year is is just going to be working, getting accustomed to living in Texas. Um, my husband is is quitting his teaching job out here and is going to be um, finishing his novel while we're in texas so i'm gonna be a, a writer's wife which will be fun um and yeah that's that's basically it for as far as what's coming down the pike <laughs> by the way your twitter is so amazing because it's your twitter name is your friendly neighborhood pain in the ass <laughs> and then it says she her future ghost I'm dead. I can't. I okay, can't. I saw, I saw the, the feature ghost thing. I'm going to be real. I saw the feature ghost thing in someone else's uh, Twitter description. And I was like, that is so sick. So I, I did steal that from someone I else. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had. So when I, I met it. David for the first time, Angelica's husband, he didn't I even know it. my name. He came up to me and said, your friendly neighborhood paid in the ass. <laughs> I was like. I hear it. I was like, that's not my <laughs> that name. Like but yeah, sure, okay. If that's what people are, are if that's what people know me as. I was going to say, even if you knew your whole government. Maybe you could have known your name and still decide. You know, maiden name as it is. You know what I mean? Married name now. I also love Definitely. that. I love that because if anybody ever, like, uh, quotes one of my tweets. Like, I have a, a, a tweet embedded on a GoDaddy blog post. Uh, and so because of me, it says ass on a GoDaddy blog post. And I think <laughs> the funniest thing in the world to me. Yes. But yeah. Kicking doors and taking names. And That's amazing. Yeah. I love what it. we'll be doing. So thank you, Allie, for coming on the podcast. Thank We're you so for having blessed me. blessed by you. And we're excited for our listeners to follow you and all the things that you're going to be doing this year. Thank you so much for having me. This was super, super, super fun. 